the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Oh, Rachel. What's up, buddy? Things are a little different, don't you think? I feel like they're a little different. What's different? Well, we're not on Zoom. We are not on Zoom. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, so I can't say, to start off the podcast, sitting virtually across from me, because you are sitting physically across from me now. What's up? This is our big, uh, our big announcement, is that, hey, we have a studio now. Look at this. We got the new digs. Mm-hmm. We got comfy couches. We do. We got fuzzy mics. Mm-hmm. These will potentially not be here next time, but hey. They're kind of fun. They're, they're, I actually really like them. They're, they're kind they're of cool. fun. <laughs> fuzzy mics. Yeah. We have a table that you can't see that I've already banged my shin on twice so far. So that's great. I've been here for about an hour. Um, and you can't see Rachel's bedroom right behind the camera. <laughs> you go. It's ideal. Rachel, this is, how, this is how on the grind Rachel is that she lives in the studio. She's like, she's like a... She's like Drake, you know? She lives in the studio. I am literally in the studio 24-7. Exactly. So yeah, this is our this this was our big announcement. We have a studio. Are we able to announce any partnerships? We have partnerships coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look out for those announcements probably next week. Mm-hmm. We've got some big ones that we're really, really, really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna be doing some work in the community, gonna be working with the kids. Giving back, you know? Exactly. I think that's one of, this is like kind of a new era of Staff and Graph, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this is, this is like everything that happened before. I feel like there was the Ian era before me. Yep. Then there was, then there was the, the Staff and Graph, you know, I would say like indie movie era, uh, era where it was Rachel and I, you know, whether it was at my old condo or, you know, this. And then, here we are, the new era, the professional era, we got, we're, we got corporate dollars. We got, we, got, we got actual cameras. We got fuzzy mics. We got, uh, you know, technological things that we'd be bringing to you as well for content. It's, it's great. So, I'm yeah, honored. let's kick it off. Let's, let's talk about it. some of the things that are coming. Mm-hmm. So. Why don't, you, why don't you start us off? Um, I'm going to learn how to play video games. Yes on camera mm-hmm. so mike and some special guests who are experts in the video gaming sphere are rhymes going, with thrasher yes yeah are going to teach me how to play video games we're also going to have the thn video gaming guys mm-hmm. um teach me so that'll be fun because you'll get to see me throw a controller in all likelihood that's great and it's a good thing that ps5 controllers don't cost any any money at all zero dollars so i'm glad they're rich to be breaking those that'll be great um do you like to cook? I love to cook. So... <laughs> if anything, Rachel has blown up my phone every time I cook saying, hey, record yourself cooking. And I go, hey, I live in squalor and my, and my kitchen is not camera ready. Well, what's great about the studio is it has a kitchen. So if you, if you liked a, a less talented, less charismatic Gordon Ramsay, looking at him. Better hair. I would, maybe, yeah. Depends after the, after the, the cut that I get, but... Yeah, we'll be doing some Mike's Meals for One, actual, like, doing that, where you can see, you know, my my, uh, my cooking talents, the one thing that got me through quarantine alive, and yeah, we, we got, we want to, you know, we want to shout out the fact that we have a great social media guy, 
Oh, um, intern Corey. Intern Corey, which is great. So he's helping us out with a lot of great stuff. Obviously, our TikTok presence is going to be big. We're just going to have a lot more fun. Like and now we're going to have Corey's going to do video game mm -hmm. stuff. You're going to see Corey a little bit. We'll make sure yeah. you get introduced. He's going to get some FaceTime. You know, it'll be great. But yeah, like we basically we we uh, obviously we have to grind still. But this is it's a nice reminder that hey, what we're doing is working. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're having some fun. So Rachel, why don't we start? Why don't we talk some hockey? Did the hockey season start? The hockey season did start. I can confirm that. I was there in person uh, for the, I guess you can call it a hockey game, the Leafs played. Um, that was, okay, yeah, that was so chaotic. That was, that was pretty wild. That, like, it seemed, it was funny because after, like, after the game, Sheldon Keith was talking and he said, that game literally went through every type of thing we prepared for during training camp. Hey, so they came in prepared. I like that. Yeah, but like, he was like, we prepared for the shootout. You know, it, it was a shootout. We, prepared, we worked on three on three. We, it, there was three on three. We worked for, you know, like power play, penalty kill, uh, you know, like, like all this kind of stuff. We even had a meeting about coaches challenges and a coaches challenge is what swayed that game. Yeah. Wild. I think you look at that and you go, first of all, kudos to Sam Kim and Jordan oh, yeah. Bean because Sheldon Keith was ready to issue the challenge before the camera even oh, yeah. panned to him. So you look at that and you're like, okay, they whatever system they got going, it's working, mm -hmm. right? And that was a razor thin call too. Yeah. So I think, okay, that's a good sign. It tells me they're prepared. My God, we are now in the third GM, the second or third coach, second and they coach. cannot start on time. Yeah. yeah. But I think Testament, I really liked Max Domi. Yes. I really liked Tyler Bertuzzi. Yes. And I found that they didn't... One of the things was when they would play Montreal, Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson would always punk the Leafs. There was none of that in game one. And that's obviously very small sample size, but there was none of that. Rachel, can I say something that might go against... That goes pretty much against everything the, I guess, sort of like graph portion of the podcast is? No graphs. You know who I... No graphs anymore. Because we euthanized Ian Tully. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> shout out to you. Um, no, but uh, do you know who I really liked? Who? Ryan Reeves. I thought he played a fantastic game. He did exactly what he needed to do. And the more that I see this guy, because I watch him in preseason, I covered him in training camp, preseason, whatever, the more I, I start to realize, you know what? At least in this year of the contract, that is money well spent. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, that was that situation with Arbor Jackai, who I think is a unicorn in the NHL. Mm. He is basically the defenseman version of Ryan Reeves yes. with a little bit more he talent. He can play hockey. Yeah. yeah, with a little more talent. Like, I, I think Arbor Jackai is, he's a guy where he's available at the trade deadline is getting multiple first round picks because all the hockey men are lining up. He will not be available. Like, like, not a chance. Like, Montreal's going to hold on to that guy for as long as they can. Exactly. He's a guy that, he's kind of like a fan favorite. He's... The Habs version of what Darcy Tucker was yes. years ago with the Leafs. <clears throat> and even though Darcy Tucker was traded for my favorite player, so yes. therefore not forgiven, um, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I think if you look at it, three of four Toronto's lines mm -hmm. have a Brad Marchand babysitter on them. Yes. Right? Tyler Bertuzzi. Max Domi. And Ryan Reeves. Yeah, and if somebody thinks that they're gonna punk Fraser Mitten on the third line, Ryan Reeves will hop over the board so fast. And you know what's funny too is you could tell already that there was gonna be a fight between between Reeves and and Jack I just by the fact that like I remember I saw 
Jack Eye in the first period, he hit. He laid like a, I think a little too hard of a hit on, it was either Nice or Minton. They're both on the same line, so like whatever. Um, the children. And I, yes, the, one of the children, one of the kids. <laughs> and I was sitting next to David Alter, uh, who runs the THN uh, Leaf site. And like, he was like, I guarantee you they'll be fighting the next period. It was Boom. between these two. And, and and before you would go, well, no one's gonna like like the the, the closest we're gonna get to, and funny enough, it happened in this game. But like the closest we're gonna get to that is Mark Giordano jumping from the top rope onto another guy. <laughs> he actually came in. He did it again. Top like flew. That's in. his only, I guess that's his only move now is to just like belly flop onto an opponent <laughs> to neutralize. He's, he's like he runs like the crocodile hunter when he has to like jump on a croc. And like, yeah. and, like, wrestle him to the ground. Like, that's his only move on how to submit, like, another... another so, Mark Giordano is team dad. Ryan, really? Ryan Reeves, Max Domi, and Tyler Bertuzzi are team bouncers. Mm -hmm. And then you have Fraser Mitten and... They're the children. Matthew Nyes, who are the team children. And what's funny, too, is I... I like, we all expected Fraser Mitten to do his, uh... His rookie lap because it's his first. It's his first home game. You know, it was first, first game. It's NHL debut. What I wasn't expecting is that Matthew Nyes also did his rookie lap because right. because he never got a home game in the regular season for the Leafs. Right. Because he, he he debuted like three games left and they had a three game road trip. So I was like, oh, that's nice. And you know what? The fact that they were able to come out and actually win that game. It, it looked it looked dire at certain points. But, but I think that might be a testament to. I, snottiness yes right they go so down to nothing potentially three nothing mm -hmm. then you have the excellent coaches challenge totally swings momentum mm -hmm. right tie the game take the lead but then montreal comes back so that's a testament to their character and their kind of ability to bounce back yes, absolutely. and i think teams of old right we've certainly seen this before where the leafs would just like collapse at that point oh yeah they came back at led by the boogeyman Mm -hmm. Austin oh, Matthews, he is my back in a big goodness. Way. You know what? <laughs> well, maybe not according to a uh, to a certain person I shared a scrum with uh, after the game, <laughs> um, and we we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, but like this is this is the return of like the dominant Austin Matthews. Like last year, the, it, it is funny to go to sh goes sure. to show how good he is. Is that last year was definitely an off year for him. Like he did not look dominant. You know his his body was broken. But like he just and he still finished with 40 goals, 40 goals 85 points in uh, uh, I think it was like 71 games or something like just remarkable stuff. The kind of the kind of production that would get a player like 10 million dollars on the open market now, and he stumbles to get that. That's like his default. Yeah, and the other thing he is, is dominant he's now, scored since he entered the league in October of 2016. Mm -hmm. He has the most goals in the NHL, more than Ovechkin. More than Kucherov, mm -hmm. more than any other second. More than it's, McDavid, more than Drysdale. Yeah, more than, yeah. Like it's, he is a boogeyman. Mm -hmm. When he is in boogeyman mode, it's a problem. Like it's a, it's he is gonna be a problem this year if he stays healthy. He is gonna be a yeah. huge problem. And he, what also I liked about him is that he, look, everyone talks about his defensive prowess. It was definitely on point that game. Like he, his ability, and I know that we we talk about this a ton, but like. His ability with his stick, oh, like this guy, like he, there is no, it doesn't matter, like how how far ahead someone is, there, he will all he like there is always gonna be a possibility that he takes that from you, that the puck is gonna be his. It doesn't matter how far ahead someone is along the board. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are in that scrum along the boards. If the puck is in there, there's a very good chance Austin Matthews coming out with it. And I right. love that. Yeah. What did um, you think yeah. of 
the NHL scheduling Connor Bedard, Sidney Crosby to open the season with staggered start times. I love that. Um, I, w- I don't know if I was a huge fan of a 5.30 p.m. start, though. Like, Fair. Just because, like, at that point, like, people are coming home from work. Like, I'm not sure. But, you know, to be fair, in the MLB, on opening day, they, they have it in the afternoon. It's supposed to be an event, right? Like, people well, are going to make... have playoff games at, like, 6 p.m. That's true. But people are, like, making time for that, so I get that. I love... Look, clearly ESPN, or I, I would say ESPN because they have the national rights, clearly they went to the NHL and it's like, what are we doing here? Like, why, why is Which, every thank game... thank God! <laughs> yes. Like, why is every game starting at the same time? And, and finally, the NBA does this, the NFL does it, like, they prioritize, like, narratives in their schedule making. Like, like even, 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 like, minor stuff, like, obviously, Bedard playing his childhood idol in his first game. It's fantastic. But, like, just even off the, off the top of my head, like, Ivan Provorov playing his old team to start the year. Like, just stuff like that. And look at Bedard's schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Start off against your childhood idol. Go into the TD Garden. In Boston. First Saturday night of the season, Montreal Bell Center. Then where do you go? Toronto. Toronto. So they're putting their superstar generational talent coming into the league in the biggest market. Well, he already plays in Chicago. Yeah, which is massive. In three of the biggest NHL markets. Mm-hmm. Three original six matchups, and then the fourth matchup is his childhood idol. It's Sidney Crosby in a they market that's pretty good, too, for hockey. Absolutely nailed that. Yes. Like, kudos to the NHL for that. Absolutely nailed it. You know, here's the thing. I've been looking on, I've been looking on social media, and hockey fans, and I even fell prey to this, and this is... Uh, How dare you? I even, I, yes, I even fell prey to this a little bit because we go, okay... So the like the, the 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 NBA, the NFL, all of those all of those leagues, they, they 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 market their stars so well, you know. Like ESPN is basically like a LeBron fan account, you know. Like any, anything <laughs> yeah. that he does, they worship. Like him Le- and Curry. Yes, exactly. Him and Steph, they did anything. Like in the MLB, Otani, uh, Bryce Harper, anyone like that. Like that, like that's all the MLB MLB.com or sorry at MLB on Twitter uh, focuses on. And, and uh, NFL, it's all Patrick Mahomes. It's all Travis. Like, they even, cha- even with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like, they changed their back, fil- their, their, uh... The fact that people, can we, yeah, the fact that people got angry about that... It's like, dude, you don't. People are like, the NFL's bigger than Taylor Swift. No, uh, it's not. Absolutely not. Like, listen, <laughs> the, N- the NFL is, is a massive entity to the point that it owns a day of the week in North America. Like, literally. Taylor Swift owns Earth. Taylor Swift is, Taylor Swift saved the U.S. economy this summer. Like, legitimately, with her ears to her, yeah. the, the U.S. would have fallen into a recession if Taylor Swift did not tour around the states, bringing millions of dollars into every city and boosting that economy. Her tour is going to make over $2 billion. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, her, her movie is premiering this weekend, and people are selling the bu- the specialty buckets that you get at Cineplex with, like, Taylor Swift on it. They're selling for 200 bucks on eBay. I saw that today. Like, stuff like that. What? Crazy, yes. So... <laughs> Stuff like that, but what I was saying is I'm glad that the, like, and I even, and what I was saying is I fell prey to this, is that I was looking at the NHL and like they, they, they publicized and cut clips for everything that Bedard did. Like, good all throughout the preseason, all throughout the regular season, they had him mic'd up on his first game. And I, and me, because I've been conditioned by the NHL to do this, I was like, in my head, I was like, man, this is way too much. Like, like, geez, they're really... They're really getting on them. And then, I, and then, in my mind, I'm like, stop thinking that way. You've been conditioned. It's like I'm in an abusive relationship with the <laughs> NHL where I, I'm being conditioned to accept the bare minimum. 
Yeah, I think that's, you know what, that's a great point. Prioritize your star, man. Market McDavid. Bedard has a personality. He's mm-hmm. coming in. Market him, and they're doing that. And then I see people on Twitter complaining. Oh, do I have to hear about Bedard doing this, this, and that? Yes, yes you do. Yes, like, I want to know how he tapes his stick. I want to know how mm-hmm. what he orders at Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. I want to know what his order is at Giordano's Deep Dish Pizza in Chicago. Shout out to Sherwood for getting him in a like for getting him as their exclusive guy because every single like you look at the hockey news cover that we dropped to start the year Connor Bedard is on it you see his gear sure. there he's gonna be on every billboard in Chicago because the Bears are terrible and the Cubs are bad and the White Sox are bad and the Bulls are bad and, and so you go oh there's no one else but but that guy, guy. and uh, so he's gonna be everywhere like it, good for them this this kid is the real deal man I cannot imagine the pressure that this guy is under and he has delivered at every level, even it's to start off as an actually in, kind of insane when mm-hmm. you think about it, right? He goes in, like I bet on his shot prop in on night mm-hmm. one. He hit it with eight minutes left in the first period. What, what was his shot prop? Two and a half. I'm like this thing, anything under five, and I'm that's smashing free money. it. <laughs> that's free money, right? Like there. just hammer it. I don't like know I why already I didn't bet. Do that. Jeez. Yeah, Man. like it's. I'm, oh my gosh. And then it was two and a half again against Boston. I was like, um, hi. Exactly. (laughs) Just mashing the bet button. Mm -hmm. He looks absolutely, he's already, like, even in the game against the Bruins, David Pasternak's on the ice, Charlie McAvoy's on the ice. He was far and away the best player. Absolutely. Far and away. He is, he, like, he honestly does remind me of, like, a LeBron type figure in that he has been hyped since he was, like, 13 years old. And keep in mind, if I was 13 and anyone told me that I was capable of doing anything, I would have become the cockiest kid on the planet. I cannot imagine what it would be like for a 13-year-old Connor Bedard to have everyone around him be like, you're going to be one of the greatest of all time. And him to be like, him, him to not just be like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hot stuff, you know? Like, believe me, I played in the GTHL. I played against guys who get a little bit of, a little bit of that taste. Oh, and then, yes. And then they're like, well, I don't need to back check and practice. Or I don't need, no, he like elevated that. And... He's the kind of guy who has been in the spotlight, obviously not to the same extent as LeBron because just because basketball is a bigger sport than hockey. Exactly. But like from from like the prepubescent age, and and has exceeded not just hit expectations but exceeded them at every level. Like we expected him to have a dominant World Juniors last year. We didn't expect him to score three points a game. And <laughs> that was actually so ridiculous. And I was there. I've seen him in person. I was like, oh, this kid's a mutant. Like he's going up. He's going up against kids his own age. Like and or older or like older, but like kids that are like under twenty, and he's making them look crazy, like and then making them look terrible, and then he goes in the NHL playing against hardened grown men, you know, like the best of the best, and he's still like punking them. Yeah, he it's is remarkable. a mutant, a total mutant. The and one thing, the one thing that I worry about with him is that he has he has Jack Campbell syndrome, in oh. that he hates himself when he doesn't win, because. He has said, he's, he, there's the quote, there's the Billy Bean quote from Moneyball where he's like, I hate losing, I hate losing more than I like winning. And, I, and Connor Bedard is basically like, after, after a, a preseason game, I think he had like two goals or whatever, and they were like, so like, how do you feel? And he's like, we lost. So like, it's terrible. Like you got, how do you, and someone was like, how do you, uh, how do you shake off, uh, uh, how do you shake off that feeling? He's like, go out and win the next game. And I'm like, buddy, you're on the Chicago Blackhawks. That means it's going to be a tough year. And then if you look at after the picture that he took with the puck, after his first goal. Oh man, he was depressed. No, like he look, he looks like he's being like he looks like he is 
coming home from war. Like, he looks like a shell-shocked, like, soldier. <laughs> like It's, yeah, like, it's not... I think the difference between him and Jack Campbell mm. is he has the power to strap an entire team on his yes. back and go, we will be good, whether you all want to participate or not. What's really unfortunate is, I mean, they lost his line mate right off the hop. Taylor Hall is out week to week. Which is brutal. Super unfortunate, because now the best player on his team is Nick Foligno, besides him. How quickly... Mm -hmm. Does he get the C? Like, he, they're not giving next it to year. anybody else, next right? Year. So it's yeah. going to be like a Crosby McDavid situation yeah, where it's like, he'll get, the C. C. he'll get the C next year for sure. I guarantee, like, I will put money on it right now. When we do season two of the new year of Staff and Graph, our first episode or whatever, it will be our, for our topic that we pick and clip this so we can play it in a year, in 12 months. <laughs> exactly. Is that we will be talking about Connor Bedard having just been given the C. Like, he will be the captain next year, without a doubt. I like Seth it. Jones thinks he's going to be. I'm sorry, pal. Get ready to learn assistant captainese, buddy. It's not <laughs> assistant captain. It is. It, you are not going to be the the uh, the captain. No, no. But he he's he's being exactly what uh what he was what he was billed as. It's amazing. I like it. Yeah, I can't wait to see. Please continue to market him. Like I mm. hope that that red zone thing that they're doing, which by the way, fantastic idea. Please yeah. don't give up on it because Sportsnet had ice surfing. Yes. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and they just didn't give it enough time or oxygen or, to really get off the ground. Or they put it on Twitter Live, which means you had to have either two tablets or two tabs open, and you couldn't watch it and go on Twitter at the same time. It was, now they're putting it on TV. What a shocking comp, uh, uh, idea. Yeah, I wonder where they got that. Mm. It's almost like a, a, a company that has the rights to the, to the thing should maybe put it on TV instead of Twitter Live and Periscope. But you know. This has never but been But we're not business of. people, you know. We're not, we're not executives. But so I think it's know. a great, like I loved ice surfing because I thought it was a really unique way to I watch Red Zone every weekend. I simply will not watch football if I can't watch Red Zone. Mm -hmm. I don't want to watch a single game. The only time and that's I'm, boring. The only time I watch a single game is in the four o'clock window when I watch it with my dad because he doesn't like switching back and forth games. On a, on a, on a 1 p.m., if you're not doing Red Zone, you're not watching it properly, I would say. So, I agree. And, like, I'll watch the Sunday Nighter. Yes. But now the Sunday Nighter is, like, Daniel Jones is hurt, so we're getting Tyrod Taylor again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Um, okay. So, we like the Blackhawks. Yes. I'm excited for when Bedard's here this week. He'll be here on Monday. I'll be there. I'll be interviewing him. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Buffalo Sabres. Have There's a reason why I picked these guys to finish second in the Atlantic this year. You did. I did. They, why are young players, I understand old players, why are young players signing these mammoth extensions, like years long, seven, eight years long, when the cap is going up to potentially $88 million next year and then 96 the year after? Get your bag, kids. You tell me, man. I honestly don't know. I feel like you would probably have a better insight in why these why these guys are signing or like getting the security now opposed to waiting like why, why is this i think it's so in hockey contract money is guaranteed right yes. it's not like the nfl you can't just be cut um you can be bought out but you can't just be like chopped and then but you still get money you still get money yeah. you get depending on how old you are a third or two thirds of mm -hmm. your deal i think because hockey you never know with injuries you never know how things go like jake muzzin for example yes um some agents are kind of of the mindset that unless you're like a super superstar, um, you should be signing long-term deals to lock in that guaranteed money. Because what happens if you have a career-altering mm -hmm. injury, and then you it 
impacts your earning potential. Look at a guy like, obviously not the same ilk, but Tanner Pearson. Yes. Right? Really impacted his ability. Let's say Elias Patterson, he signed a bridge, mm-hmm. right? If he gets hurt this year, like that could be a major issue. Exactly. Um, so I think maybe teams, maybe if they enjoy playing where they are, Rasmus Dahlin signed a short-term deal before he signed this Mammoth yes. extension. Well, that, and that's because he wanted to see that the team was going to be as good as they are. And or, now or they're animals. Yes. Um, Tage Thompson, Dylan, like, if you look at it, the Buffalo Sabres specifically, Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson, um, the three defensemen in Power Dahlin, Samuelson, all locked up. They've got Paterka, Quinn, Zach Benson, who inexplicably fell in the trap, made their team out of camp. Who could have seen that coming? Definitely not you. No. No. There are, he, he should have gone top five, honestly. And you and I talked about this. I'm like, this kid might make the Sabres out of camp. Mm-hmm. Like, the Sabres could not get to the stage fast enough to get this guy. So now they've got him in the fold. They're set on the blue line. They're set up front. They've got Devin Levi in goal. And mm-hmm. you never know. Like, you got to give goalies a little bit of time. The Sabres are already a problem. They are going to be a thorn in the side of the entire Eastern Conference for years. Like Absolutely. Years. Yeah. It's... Man, get, getting Owen Power signed to seven years was 8.35, yeah. I think Like, that's an unbelievable deal. He is, he is as solid of a defenseman with, like, with still miles and miles of potential to, to go. Like, that, that is... What I love is, like, and I, it, this, is, this is a bad way to... to um, Would you say it's tidy business? What it's it's incredibly tidy business. And it's kind of... And I, I know it's bad time because they just got bounced from the World Series. Or, the, not World Series, the MLB playoffs. But, like, they remind me a lot of the Braves in that their entire core is locked up for, like, the next decade. Like, Dalene, eight-year deal. Owen Power, seven-year deal. Tage Thompson, the second year... Of his no, uh, the first year. Oh, is this, this year. Yeah, so he's in the first year of his, of his seven-year deal. Dylan Cousins in the first year of his seven-year deal. Uh, they have Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, Zach Benson, Matthew Savoy, Matthew Savoy, all on their ELCs. So <laughs> elite, so like for so three hilarious. years, and also Matias Samuelson on like what is this seven-year or an eight seven-year deal? Seven-year deal for Peyton him. Krebs, Devin Levi, Peyton Krebs and RFA. So they but they and and even after signing the cap's going to go up and even after signing these deals like because it doesn't matter this year they have I believe it's 8.9 million dollars in cap space so hello Patrick Kane in like December oh my god so like they they are a wagon and if if Devin Levi proves to be even at his young age a 9-10 goaltender this is a team that can legitimately I'm saying it's now like legitimately challenge the Leafs for the top of the Atlantic division like this is this is a wagon they built it and credit to to Kevin Adams I will be honest, I had no faith in him when he got hired. He has proven, he, he has made me look the fool, and I could not be happier for that. And they made a lot of really smart hires. Sam Ventura out of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Dominic Gallimini from Staff Leeds. Yes. Um, Matthew Barlow, who worked for the Houston Rockets. Like, they hired a guy who worked in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And those three make up the bulk of their analytics department. And you can very much tell that they use their analytics. Because if you look at... I. I do a lot of drafting analytics yes. because I'm a You know a lot more about prospects than I do. Yeah. So I look at it. There is not a player that they have taken specifically in the top three rounds mm-hmm. that isn't extremely good from a numbers perspective. Zach Benson was a top five player analytically. Matthew Savoy, the same. The problem, they're short. Yes. So that's the oh, thing. Oh, no. Good thing that Tage Thompson evens their, out their average height. 
Yeah, exactly. Just him being like six eight, six seven. Yeah. And then they they got Yuri Kulik, mm -hmm. who shoots the puck like a madman. We've even mentioned him. Yeah, he's lighting the AHL up. And he was lighting the World Juniors up. Like he's a phenomenal player. He didn't even bear mention. Yeah, like the Sabers have eight prospects that are better than most teams' top prospect. It's hilarious, and it's because they use their scouts mm. and their analytics to make collective decisions, and they're not allowing pounding of the table mm. for these these guys that are clearly less talented. So they're drafting on merit, and they're developing. Clearly, whatever they're doing in their development system, too, is working. Mm. Um, you don't get credit for Darlene and Power because those are first overall mm -hmm. picks, but you get credit for Samuelson. You get credit for, oh yeah, Samuelson specifically. Right? Yeah. But you don't get credit for like top 50 no. picks. Like you don't get credit for Jack Quinn. No. But you get credit for Paterka. You get credit for Benson too, just being able to pick him where they did. Which is, yeah, that's yeah. obscene. Because um, there were what, seven teams before him who, who didn't? Yeah, he went 13. Well, he went 13. I thought he went 8. There were 12. He's from Vancouver. Yeah, and, and the, the, the Canucks passed over him. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, Nate Danielson also played in, in mm -hmm. the WHL last year, and Detroit took him. He's a center that is not as good as Zach Benson, but he's taller. And don't get me wrong, Nate Danielson is a great hockey player. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's going to have a fantastic NHL but, career. Do you think he's going to be as good as Zach Benson? Absolutely not. There you go. And that's... What about Tom Wallander? I... Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that was one of... I think he's going to be a top four defenseman in, in Vancouver for a long, long mm -hmm. time. And those are really hard to come by. They are. But I think it, when you get myopic, it can be a problem. And I, I know that certain teams like big players because there is this perception that you need to be bigger to play in the Western Conference. Trevor Zegris looks just fine. To me. Dude, Connor McDavid looks just fine. Like, every, you know... You don't have to be a woolly mammoth. Quinn Hughes is one of the top defensemen in the NHL. That guy's never hit anyone. He... Yeah, he would Elias not hurt a fly. Well, he just... He did just blow up Cody Cece. In oh my gosh, he... Whoa! Like... <laughs> Speaking of the Canucks, um, Brock Besser? Yeah. Look, look, listen. Brock Besser, after all he's gone through, the good guy he is, after, like, potentially being traded, like, three times last at, at the last deadline and in the summer... To hit, for him to hit the ground running at home with a four-goal night, Mwah. And it was two days after, no, the day after the anniversary of Jason Botchford's piece on what Joe Thornton would do mm -hmm. if he scored four goals. And Brockstar, which is what we call him, mm -hmm. Brockstar scored four goals in a Canucks home opener after being dragged through the mud yes. for basically two seasons. And it's just, for nothing else, for everything, like you said, that he's been through, I was nearly in tears. I was so happy for him. Like, just just to see that, and then the Botchford side of it, where it's like, that that's one of those moments where I wish Botch was around. Yes. Because he would have gone in there, and it would have just been so chaotic and funny. It would have been incredible. But yeah, super happy for Brock. You heard Quinn Hughes talking about it after. Mm -hmm. Brock might score 35 goals this year. And then suddenly that contract looks pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And suddenly we are not in a rush to push him out the door. Yeah. Like, I mean, I understand the Connor Garland thing because... Yeah, he, look, he needs a new... He needs to change the scenery. So He's that making trade, too much money. Um, is not great. Look, the Oliver Ekman-Larsen, Connor Garland, 
Dylan Gunther. Uh, uh, cap space. In cap space for yeah. For a yeah, not ideal. Yeah. Um, that that is what happens mm-hmm. when um you don't let your general manager make decisions. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad because it's like, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I kind of feel bad for Canucks management. Um, <laughs> Mike just almost had a stroke. Are we? Am I? <laughs> I smell burnt toast. I um, don't know. This isn't good. I feel bad because they like I they I was part of this. Yes. Um, had to take that mess over. Mm-hmm. The Canucks were one year away from $12 million in cap space. And pretty much the Canucks have, they have the ability to do the Jim Rutherford quick turnaround yeah. if that deal does not get made. Absolutely. So I do feel bad because it's like, it's nearly impossible to do this. And then Oliver ekman Larson goes out and looks fantastic in his Florida yeah. debut. He played 26 minutes. He did. He played more than Nyquist. Which is like... Wait. Forsling. Forsling. They're both Gustavs. All Gustavs are the same. Um, let me just say that. But, uh, no, like, he looks... All Gustavs are the same. That might be contrary, not to get political, but all Gustavs are the same. No, but, it, like, yeah, no, he looked phenomenal. And I think it's... That just goes to show a player with the weight of the world off his shoulders. Right. I think. That, I that think, works. Yeah. That, that helps a lot, you know? Right, but, yeah, I think Brockstar getting four goals, leading the league in scoring. Mm-hmm. Slay King. Incredible. Slay King. Incredible. Yeah, Incredible. and I mean, um, the Oilers are momentarily broken. I still think they're going to win the division. I think that was more of a testament to their goaltending than it was to anything else. Their goaltending is um, interesting. Because it wasn't just, okay, going into a game, first of all, why was Jack Campbell the opening night starter? Thank you, yeah. Like, he could have had a great camp, whatever. Stuart Skinner was an all-star last year. <laughs> Um, and I know that Skinner faded towards the end of the year, like, to the point where Campbell, I think, like, was going to be the starter if they made it throughout the playoffs. But, like, what are we doing? Like, like, I know that you're trying to make that $5 million square peg fit in that, in your... Stop trying to make fetch happen. Exactly. It's not going to happen. And we, we just saw, again, like, you cannot rely on him, you know? He's, he's over 30, so it's not like he's going to get better. And he, and he let in four goals and 16 shots. And to be fair, it's hard to go into a game in relief because Stuart Skinner also let in four goals and 16 shots when he went in. But, like... He went in cold. Exactly. It's, it's all the same. The, for every... And I think that the Oilers, like, their entire roster... I look at the roster from top to bottom and I go, this is a very, very good hockey team. Like, the, like, the moves they made over the summer, like, Connor, Jeff Jackson... Yeah, but, like, uh, Connor Brown, like, getting in, getting in there, you know? Like... They they have good guys in the in, in in you know in the pipeline even like to the point where Raphael Lavoie like didn't even make the team you know and he's a twenty five yeah. goal scorer big guy and they uh, were without Matthias Ekholm who yes is who a, is who was their linchpin I think like he is he makes the defense kind of go round yeah 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 like like obviously McDavid is the straw that stirs the drink and dry side but like on the back end like <laughs> David isn't even the straw he is the drink he is the drink <laughs> yeah but like on the back end like you had. We saw what 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 bringing Ekholm into the team did to them throughout oh. the, the latter half of last year. So likely that game doesn't happen at least as egregiously as it did with him in with him in there. Right. But man, it is it's tough. Like it like that is the worst possible way you can start a season. Can you imagine what the talk would be around Toronto if the Leafs dropped eight one to the to the Habs? Oh, oh, the uncles. 
in Ontario. They would riot. They would unionize. They would riot. Yeah. Yeah. We would have an uncle's union, mm-hmm. and like like the uh, Timothy Lilligren turnover. I'm like, if that was Justin Hall, you would have had a stroke. Yeah. Or Alex Kerfoot. Like, you would have lost your mind. And also all of Ontario's uncles. I, mm. I, I totally agree with you. And that, that little turnover was horrible. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, Canucks Twitter is so back. First of all, Mr. Booth, welcome back. He is back. Congrats. Welcome back, got, Mr. Booth. Got out, of, out of prison, came back from the dead, which is nice. Oh my god, can't wait. And I... You know what's going to be funny is when he decides to get a blue check mark and impersonate and, and completely do everyone. <laughs> it's going to be so it's gonna be, funny. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, um, yeah, great, like, great platform you got there, Elon. Love it. Oh, um, twelve out of ten. No notes. Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, uh, anything else stick out to you to start the season? Oh, Devin Taves. Yes. So right before we started recording, we Devin Taves signs a seven-year deal, seven point two five million per. Which might, at least for the first couple of years of that deal, because he is 29 turning 30 later um, in the new year, will be one of the best deals in the league. Cool. How? So they have Kale McCarr and Devin Taves for a combined... Like 16 and a half, I think. 16, 16 and a half. 16.75, I think it is. Yeah. So like basically under 17 million. That shouldn't be allowed. They, <laughs> they have Kale McCarr and Devin Taves for like 3 million more than Austin Matthews will make on his own next year. They, yeah, they have Kale McCarr and Devin Taves for the same price that Buffalo has Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Yeah. No, for less. Or, yeah. Oh because because Dahlin's making 11. Jeez. Like, Dahlin's very good, but Devin Taves is going to be making $4 million per year less than... Yeah, he's not $4 million worse. Like, Devin Taves is going to be making a Matias <laughs> Samuelson amount of money less than First him. of all, nobody is $2 million better than Kale McCarr. Yes. Zero defensemen mm-hmm. in the league are better than Is McCarr 9 or 9.5? I think he's 9.25. That's stupid. Below 12. That is, is, that, that is stupid. Like, on a six, seven-year deal? It was it was long-term. Yeah, it was a six-year deal, I want to say. Is it six? I me, think oh, it was let me six. Let check that. But, like, when you think about it, you talk about building a team. We talked about what Buffalo is doing with locking all their long-term players up, and they lock them up right off the hop before they pop. Colorado said, we know what we have in Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, Devin Taves, Miko Rantanen. We're locking that stuff up, and we're not even going to think twice about it. Mm -hmm. And they had Nathan McKinnon on the sweetest of sweetheart contracts. Now they have to pay him. But you got Nathan McKinnon for like five and a half million dollars for seven years. You don't get to complain. Yeah. In the same way that when Kale McCarr's contract is done <laughs> and he's going to be 29 years old, you're going to have to sign him for probably $15 million and he's probably still going to be worth every penny. Absolutely. Like he's so gross. He's incredible. Yeah. But like, look, that Devin Tapes contract is fantastic. I'm so glad that they got it done. Like, I'm so glad that they were able to, to get him... Just get them locked up because it looked like they were going to lose them. Based on, and they will have to make some interesting decisions in order to, to, to keep this team. Even with the cap going up next year, they're still going to have to make some cuts, obviously. But like having that core of Taves, McKinnon, Nachushkin, I mean, Blaine Scott's not there anymore. Rantanen. But Rantanen. McCarr. Uh, uh, McCarr, like all of those guys in there. It's That's M- a- Miles Wood, you know? <laughs> You know, like, like that's such a gross core. That's a phenomenal like, core led by a phenomenal coach, 
built by a phenomenal GM with a phenomenal president. Like it's that, that and an unbelievable front office who also yeah, exactly, yeah. very heavy in analytics. Exactly. You know, it you is, know, it's I'm seeing a trend. I'm starting to see a trend here. I love that people are like this is what happens when you use analytics as it pertains to the Blue Jays, and it's like do you. Tell me you don't understand baseball without telling me you don't understand baseball. Tell me you don't understand sports without understanding. Or, or, or tell me you don't understand math. Like, you if, know? if I say, Mike, you have to buy this car. Mm-hmm. I don't have a license. Okay. Okay. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Time I don't drive. You know that. You don't have a license? I have G1s, but... <laughs> I didn't know this. Okay. Let's say, Mike, you have to buy a PlayStation. Mm. Long term. Mm. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, and I'm not going to tell you how much you have to pay for it. Okay. You're not allowed to do any research at all, okay. you, you're only allowed to look at it with your eyes. Would you give me your credit card and with no questions asked? No. Probably not, right? You would probably be like, can I see some budgetary, you know, some things that are going to tell me the PlayStation? Can I on it? Can I see, you know, like... Is it going to work? Yeah. How that, long is it going to last? Exactly. Anything. Uh, uh, any information. No. Like, it, it makes, yeah. It, so, yeah. Don't buy salad. a PlayStation. We've talked about this. Exactly. It looks your salad. Don't drink the dressing. And don't, don't eat lettuce. Don't eat raw lettuce. Like it's, it, the analogy could not be better. Um, but as, yeah, so like a phenomenal deal for them. I mean, good teams get these guys signed long-term. Like good teams keep their course together and they make the decisions that they need to. Because, you know, a, a, a lesser team, I would say, like they would look at this and they would go, oh, we're gonna be pretty tight. Um, you know, D- Taves is asking for like more than we can probably fit into the cap. I guess we'll have to lose him. The the how he even got there in the first place was is that. exactly that. Where, where the where the Islanders were like, well, got to sign um, Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick, who are good. Who are good. They're like, mm-hmm. or we got to we got to eventually give uh, Pierre Engvall a seven year deal and and, and uh, uh, what's Cal Clutterbuck and Cal Clutterbuck and uh, Casey Sezikis and thirty five year old Semyon Varlamov a, a, fi- a four year deal or whatever it is. So we got to. So we, we, I guess we got to give them away for two second round picks. Like the, like the Avs were in the exact position the Islanders were, and instead of doing that, they're like, well, elite talent doesn't come around very often, so why don't we buy in on that, and then if we have to, we fill, we fill the edges of our roster around with, with bargain guys. You know, with a Jonathan Drouin, who makes like 850 this year. You know, with with the the diamonds in the rough that we're very good at finding. With a Miles Wood for forever and ever and ever. Until we are parents. Until you know, until the the sun envelops the earth and we die. <laughs> like yeah. Like we will the climate. Great great question. Will the climate crisis destroy the earth before Miles Wood's a free agent again? I would it's say a good yes. question. I would say yes. Very uplifting question, if you will. All yeah. right, let's uh, debut our new segment. Yes, well, I'll give you the honors, Rachel. Okay, so we sort of tease a new segment mm-hmm. on our last show. We wanted you to send in names, but then something hit us. Mm-hmm. Every week, we are gonna do a segment called This Is Fine. And this is what we're doing it with. Mm-hmm. We got the dog. We did. So if you don't know what This Is Fine means, it actually means uh, everything is not fine. Mm-hmm. It is very not fine. So when this puppy comes out, it means things are not fine. Mm. So Mike, what was not fine this week in the NHL? So uh, it's obviously it's being the main talking point of the start of the, of the regular season is that the NHL has banned pride tape um, from, from players from using pride tape during warmups and uh, during games. Um, and pride tape is obviously rainbow hockey tape to, to show support or at least a sense of welcoming to the LGBTQ uh, plus community. 
Um, I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, is pry tape a safety issue? No, it is. It is just hockey tape. It's just a different color. Okay, because the NHL rule book mm -hmm. that for I somehow have yeah. says that the only equipment restrictions are for safety issues. Mm -hmm. This is why you can't like goalies cannot play without a helmet. Yes, and you can't have knives on your gloves mm -hmm. and you can't have holes in your gloves that allow you to grab players because that's cheating right then you have the illegal curves on your sticks and things like that um tape is they use tape everybody uses tape except for tyler Bertuzzi on the top of the stick that's it that's weird mm -hmm. but then you also have players like travis dermott like uh luke brokop who yeah. is actually a member or of the community curtis gabriel before he retired curtis yeah. gabriel John Tavares, mm -hmm. there are so... Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano, yeah. Morgan Riley. Mm -hmm. like, there are a ton of examples of players who just had like one little thing around the top of their stick or wherever all throughout the season. It wasn't just on Pride Night. It was all throughout the season. And it's a small gesture, but it's a gesture to say, I see you, I value your presence, you are welcome here. Mm -hmm. And so if it's not a safety issue, what are we... Doing. Well, what they're doing is they're catering to the like the like last year. The reason why like there there was a small minority of players who and a very small minority of players who refused to wear Pride themed jerseys on Pride Night, and instead of the NHL going okay, you are in the minority, so, right? So we will we like do whatever you want to do whatever, but we are going to promote the majority of people who want to be inclusive and decent human beings and don't view wearing a rainbow for 15 minutes during warm, not even during the game, which is like during a point where that's not even really televised. Um, yeah, warm-ups are not televised. Yeah, like, like you'll see like a, a bench interview maybe like on a national game, that's it. Um, who will view these players doing that? Like we're going to view them, we're going we're gonna to cater to them because they are the majority they're they're fulfilling our wishes instead instead of, of of continuing that and going like well tough luck man like you didn't like for example the nhl you uh, during covid you needed to have the vaccine to, to play in 2021 yes what happened to players who didn't too bad man you can't play tyler bertuzzi you can't cross tyler the border bertuzzi, josh archibald whatever um and they were a small minority and you went and they went we are not going to cater everything around you the outlier you are going to have to cater to us. And the NHL has done the complete opposite with this, where they go, oh, there's a there's a small amount of players who don't want to who don't want to wear a pride or whatever. So we are gonna say, all right, all pride is gone. So so they can feel more comfortable. Which is insane to me, mm -hmm. because statistically speaking, there are a, there's at least one gay player in the NHL. Statistically speaking. There's at least one gay player on every team. And so you look at this and you go. They need to have the right to freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and yes, absolutely. Freedom of expression and freedom of speech are not the same as freedom of consequences. Mm -hmm. I can go out and say, I want to threaten X diplomatic official, mm -hmm. and then the RCMP or the FBI is gonna show up at my door because you're not allowed to say that. Mm -hmm. So those players have the right not to wear their jersey, they, but then other players have the right to call them out in the same way that you call players out for other things. Like, I guarantee you, if a player said, I'm not wearing a military appreciation night, which players still wear, like, why are Russians wearing US military appreciation? That makes zero sense to me. So they're not willing to take a stand on that. 
we're having police appreciation night, we're having all manner of appreciation nights, mm-hmm. but a rainbow makes you uncomfortable. And the way I look at it is the majority of society is on board with this. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be the outlier, it is and, like it is on you to yes. deal with those consequences. That's what I'm talking about. Make it wel- welcoming. If you are not comfortable, that is your issue that you need to deal with internally. But you don't need to ostracize an entire community of people for eight to ten players when there are over 700 in the league. And so I'm really glad that players like Scott Lawton came out and was like, I'm going to do it anyways. Morgan Riley said the same thing. You know what would be like kind of cool, though? What? If the, a player said, like a player of McDavid, Matthews, whoever said, I'm going to do it. And I'm more than happy to pay the fine. Mm-hmm. I hope the NHL donates it to a charity that's related. And then it would be even cooler if an owner pulled like a Mark Cuban mm-hmm. and said, no, I'll pick up the tab for the fine. I want to tell you a story Ooh, to I'll illustrate see. this. So back uh, back when when Michael Jordan signed with Who? Nike. Michael Jordan. Uh. Um, he's not as good as LeBron, but he's, he's close. Um, when he signed with, yes, hot day. Um, when he signed with Nike, as his like, as a sh- uh, uh, to be the the sole perpetrator of the shoes, um, he at the time the NBA had very strict rules on color for shoes. Right. Which was it had to be I think it was like seventy five percent of the shoe had to be white, no matter what the color was of the team. Seventy five percent of the shoe had to be white. Which but, is dumb. Which is dumb. But how? But how the NBA, or how uh, Nike got Jordan there is they went, they went we want to make you unique. So the Jordan one, it's going to be all re- uh, red and black, and we will pay your fine every like for every game. And eventually, they change that rule. Now you can do whatever colors you want on it. The NA, like so, if the NHL really does, and by the way, I I dare them to find a player for for a, I, like the PR nightmare that would be. Oh, I dare them. Like if it was McDavid. <clears throat> yeah, I dare them to say like Connor McDavid's being fined five grand or whatever it is yeah. for wearing pride. Or they'll find him twenty five grand, and people are like, "So let me get this straight. He got twenty five grand for pride tape, but it's only the maximum allowable under the CBA for cross checking somebody in the yeah. neck." I'm like, not sure. I'm not sure what the what the fine stipulations are for like a headshot compared to like an equipment malfunction or whatever or equipment decision. But I want to see teams pay the fines for their players if they're able to. Like I want to see the same way that Nike did that like did that for Jordan to be like we want you we want you to be like a trailblazer in yeah. a statement so we will pay the fines the NBA will find you every game for wearing shoes that do not fit their 75% white rule nonsense yeah which is nonsense but we don't care because we think it's more important for you to be out there repping our product in a unique way we will, like like the the whatever the benefit of it will outweigh the five grand that we have to pay um yeah and another thing too is if the NHL is really content on this then Congratulations, you don't have the right to use Luke Prokop as your gay mascot anymore, as your inclusion mascot. You also don't have the right to say hockey is for everyone. You don't. But that ship actually sailed with the Black like, Lives Matter situation. Well, hockey for everyone, hockey's for everyone sailed uh, that ship sailed when they like quietly got rid of the ambassador program and and were like, We're gonna we're gonna have an announcement on this, and they just never did. Like Sarah Simon has done great work on this where yeah. she realized the program went away. So then she emailed them and they said, Oh, we actually abandoned that program because we're gonna announce a new one soon. That was two years ago. That hasn't happened. But what I'm saying is you look at Luke Prokop and all of the NHL-centric articles, all like NHL themselves have promoted this kid. Yeah. Because there's a good chance that one day they will have the first openly gay, you know, like like hockey player that's playing in their league. 
congratulations, if you're banning Pride Day, you can't then turn around and be like, look how inclusive this guy makes us. You can't be racist and then be like, look at my black friend. You know? Yeah, like, like that's not how that works. It, it's not how that works. So, I also just don't understand, like, it's not hurting anybody. If you want to use a tape, use a tape. If mm-hmm. you don't want to use a tape, don't use a tape. Where are all the personal freedom fighters for this? Yeah. Because Where last, are they? last year it was all about how, how Ivan Provorov is getting his personal freedoms infringed upon. <laughs> Which is a ridiculous <laughs> argument. So where are all the Oakley-wearing dudes right now who are like, are you telling me that, that, that players cannot express themselves? Which is interesting because I had a lawyer point out to me that this rule might violate the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Um, it does. Freedom of expression mm-hmm. to a protected community. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Either way, it's a step backwards when you look at what the NFL is doing and you look at what the NBA does, like, I'm going to leave the MLB out of this because there's way too much happening there. Um, But you, you just don't need to take this tack. We're not saying you have to be rah, rah, sis, poomba about it. No, but, but tape and making fans feel included Mm -hmm. and, not ostracizing like we talk about we want to make hockey a more welcoming game because we need to grow the sport because we're being passed by like mls has already passed them Mm -hmm. right in terms of viewership and they have a deal with apple they have messy they also have messy Mm -hmm. right they've already passed them so you need to stop yourself from going backwards and so espn promoting bedard espn when luke prokop makes the nashville predators they're gonna do a big story on him and it's gonna feel super hollow because like that's just such a terrible thing that they've done and Luke Prokop's statement was so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like to make a player who's part of the players association feel that way is awful and I just like that really bothered me in terms of like we felt like we were making progress and then just went right out the window because Ivan Provorov started this wave of crap. So everything is not fine. Before we before we, we end that too, I just wanna say I'm extremely disappointed in the Players Association. Because they have they've chosen not to comment on this. We've had yeah. every other hockey league come together and, and and give their statements on this. And the Players Association that has like an obligation to protect the rights and freedoms and, and, and of, of all players, of all players, like any, you could you could have killed someone, and like if you're a hockey player, you could you could have, you know, driven your your truck through the the front of a store, and your team puts you on unconditional waivers for the purpose of a buyout, and they will immediately send out a statement being like, we we condemn this this against this player, it's a guaranteed contract, we're filing a grievance, but when the NHL says these players are not allowed to wear tape that. But are not allowed to express themselves and potentially express ex- express views that they that they hold or that a family member holds or whatever. Yeah. And it's crickets. I was expecting more from the Marty Walsh. Uh, yeah. Based was... on how they handled the Babcock situation, which was which not would not have happened the same way under Donald Fear. Yeah, A plus on that one. Yeah, A but, plus. But then they had another opportunity to 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 come out and support the rights of players. And it seems like they're bowing to the NHL by not commenting on it. Or at least, even if they're not, even if they're behind the scenes fighting, your job is to like be is to be like a front-facing organization. Right, and I was I was glad to see, even though the Players Association didn't say anything, 
Connor McDavid came out and yes. said something. Morgan Riley did. Scott yes. Lawton outright said, I'm going to break the rule, which like, I think like, is such king. He was like, what are they going to do, basically? Like, what are you going to do? Prevent me from playing? Like, It's not happening. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to prevent Connor McDavid from playing? Well, good luck with that. You want to suspend Connor McDavid for a game for tape? For, for using tape? I, I dare you. I, I, I dare yeah, you. That would look that. so bad. Yeah. But you know what? Go and it, it was amazing to hear that Pride Tape yes. has actually been inundated with requests mm-hmm. from NHL players. So it kind of seems like they might break this rule. And go to Anna. Do it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, guys like Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews are all much bigger than any executive or, frankly, any one of the Stahl brothers, Ivan Provorov, whoever didn't want to wear the jersey. They're bigger than them. Absolutely. And if you don't want to wear the jersey, that's fine. You don't have to wear the jersey. You don't have to wear the tape. But don't make other people who want to support the cause unable to do so because you want to be a loudmouth about it. Absolutely. So I urge you to go and, if you can, basically if you go to hockey games, rep the pride colors. Go there, whether it's, whether, you know, you, you, whether you have a phone case that, that is, uh, we're going to have staffing grab pride phone cases. And I want to have that because when I'm in a scrum, my phone will show up and it will be a pride sort of phone case. But like, if you're at a game or you're out in the, in, in the community or whatever, I urge you to get stuff from pride tape, you know, get like, like just, just Show your support. Wear a hat. Wear a hat. Wear the anything. Leafs have sweet... Actually, every team. They do. San Jose's Pride stuff, that was actually kind of cool. Is mm-hmm. This announcement came out, and then this week was National Coming Out Day. Yes. And, and a couple of teams still posted yeah. about it with their Pride stuff. San Jose was one of them. And I thought that that was really nice, because they were like, you know what? What, what are you going to do? Fine us? Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, so it's good to see teams kind of say, no, we're still going to continue on with our sort of trajectory and welcoming people. We still want to be ambassadors in the community mm-hmm. for this. It matters to us. Like Tyler Sagan is a big one. He's marched in the parade. Yes. Like I'd be interested to see kind of where things go from here, but in the interim, yeah, like I- I'm getting some pride tape. Mm-hmm. We're going to have SGP pride phone cases for Mike, for us. Maybe we'll do like some cool giveaways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been the first This Is Fine segment mm-hmm. with, what should we name this guy? I feel like a name will come organically. Right. I feel like we will, we will think it up and like it will come and we'll, we'll realize that, that name is perfect. <clears throat> this puppo. Exactly. For now, he's a, he's a This Is Fine dog. He's This Is Fine. Yeah. Um, I believe that's, is that the show, Rachel? I think that's the show, buddy. So obviously this is the first. We will have a better lighting setup. We, this is, you know, we're kind of in the middle of, of transitioning into here, but hey, we're in the studio, we're legit now, um, and we hope you like it, and uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned, we'll be back at you uh, next week.